0: Pastor Ray Bentley says we all eventually learn the benefits of being in God's will.
1: Experience will teach you that the best place on planet Earth you can be, no matter what the circumstances are, is in the middle of the will of God. I would rather be in the wilderness, in the center of God's will, than in the midst of you know luxury and lavishness and out of the will of God. Spread news, oh.
0: Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Today, a good look at why it's so important to stay inside God's will. We'll see that living outside of God's will, God's instructions, has its consequences, some of which may surprise us. Let's get the full story. We're back in the book of James again today as Pastor Ray begins our study in the Word of God.
1: Let's open our Bibles to the book of James, chapter five. The title of the message, as you see in your notes, is help has arrived. Verse 12, he says, but above all, so after all these pretty encouraging and inspiring exhortations, he now says, but above all that, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth, or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes, and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. James has had a lot to say about the tongue. He has given us all the uh, misuses, obviously, of the tongue. And how that, that can, you know, we, we can use it to complain and grumble and all of that. But he's also given us the positive uses, which are to praise the Lord and speak the truth and encourage one another and, and build one another up with all of that. Now, he's also here though saying, something that's very important, a sign of discipleship, that you are a follower of Jesus Christ and they're actually you know, growing up, okay, you're saved. A lot of people, they get saved and then that's it and they, uh, they stagnate the rest of their lives as if, well, I've got, I know I'm going to heaven and so I'll live my life until I go to heaven. But God has so much more for us. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to begin feeling and experiencing and tasting the glory of heaven right here, right now. But that will require the desire to grow up, to mature, to not be a little child anymore. And one of the greatest measures of our maturity is how we use our tongue, how we use our words. And um, 2,000 years ago, they would swear that they were telling the truth and they would impress you with all these, I swear by the gold of the temple and, and all these different oaths that they would make. Now this is not unique uh, to their time. Uh, it, every generation, because the world is full of sinners, we, every generation struggles with, of human beings telling the truth. We lie all the time. It is that moment for all of us who have been born again that maybe the very first time we were really honest in our lives that we will never forget is when we heard the gospel and we finally admitted the obvious truth that I am lost and I need to be found, that I am a sinner and that I am broken and and that I need to be forgiven and healed and I need a savior. Coming to Christ is a radical moment and beginning of truth. And what's the result of finally telling the truth? You get saved, you get forgiven, you get healed, you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now look with me in verse 13. Is any among you suffering, or in other words, is afflicted? Then let him pray. Is anyone cheerful, let him sing psalms. Praying we talked about the power of prayer, uh, that a believer is not somebody who complains about things, they talk to God about things and they talk to the Lord about things. When he says, "If you are," is anyone suffering or suffering affliction? It is interesting to me that James seems to make a distinction between afflictions and sickness. If you are suffering afflictions, you need to pray. If you're sick, well then you need to call for the elders and come forward and have hands laid on you and be anointed with oil and the prayer of the elders and the prayer of the righteous will make, it's a whole, it's like almost a separate thing. And if I could make then a a little distinction here. In other words, if I am afflicted by something or some circumstance, James says, I need to pray and seek God and say, Father, are you trying to tell me something through this affliction? Are you trying to teach me something through this affliction? Too often we are not really sensitive to the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. It is extremely important. God, your Father's will for you and me is that we learn how to be led by the Spirit. Jesus is our role model and he is our example. What did he do? Every morning he would wake up and it says his ear was open to his father. And he lived basically one day at a time. Sometimes our problem is we're trying to live a whole decade in one day. And we're trying to live with a whole month's worth of responsibilities and problems and debts in one day one of the liberating things that that takes some reprogramming probably for us, especially in Western culture, we put more pressure on ourselves than God ever did, is to learn how to live, just make it through today. So often we want this big long list, what do I need to do to do the will of God so I can have peace in my life? And it may be very small and very simple, and just follow that one thing, but be led by the Spirit. So I don't know about you, but that motivates me to go, okay, I wanna know what is, how do I be led by the Spirit? I want a life that is light and that is free so that I can enjoy my walk with God. Well, there's an interesting verse in Psalm 32, verses eight and nine, and this is very interesting. I want you, to, let's read this scripture out loud together. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. (laughs) See, unfortunately, I mean, horses are brilliant, you know, animals in, in their own respect, and mules are stubborn. But you can't walk up to a mule and talk to them and say, okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go down here about two and a half miles and we're gonna turn left and then we're gonna, you can't explain to them and they just look at you out of the side of their little mule eye. They don't get it. So you have a bit <laughs> in the horse's mouth. Why? Because those of you that know, horse, let alone mule, is the mouse is very, very tender. You put a piece of iron in the, in the mouth You don't, and if you know anything, you don't jerk that rein around. Those animals are very sensitive, and it's very painful, or it can be if you abuse it. All you have to do is gently, gently just go a little bit like this, and their head goes, because they feel it. Now, the psalmist is saying, don't be like that, where God has to, you know, use a bit that with pain, even slightly, has to to guide you to the left or to the right. Instead, he suggests, be like the servant who is there standing, as it were, in the corner. Let's say you're in the king's palace and you are the main servant of the king. Your eyes are directly on the king. The king may have a giant table. He may have people from other nations and ambassadors and a great feast going on and, and he's entertaining them and they are telling stories and asking questions and doing business and you watch and you watch and you watch. And he, in the midst of it, he doesn't stop everything and say, be quiet, I need it. Hey, servant, I need you whatever. He just, he looks over and with his eyes, he moves his eyes uh, over to the corner where the water is. And so with his eyes, while he's still telling his story, you walk over, get the water, and you refresh everyone with a round of water. Or again, with his eyes, and they come with the next part of the meal. Or they take away uh, the dishes or whatever it might be. He says, it's much better to be watching and waiting for the slightest guidance and direction. Father, here? Okay, Father, you want me to just stay here? No problem, here I am. And experience will teach you that the best place on planet Earth you can be, no matter what the circumstances are, is in the middle of the will of God. I would rather be in the wilderness, in the center of God's will, And in the midst of luxury and lavishness and out of the will of God. That is torment and misery untold. You, You can either listen to that and believe that or you can learn by experience. But either way, you'll end up in the same place. So here, God doesn't want us to be so stubborn like a mule that he has to use painful processes. If you are in affliction, there are times when you say, Lord, are you trying to say something to me? Are you trying to get my attention? He wants to guide us with his eye so that we follow his slightest direction. But let me also say, he loves you so much. And it is so important that you be where he wants you to be, that if and when necessary, he will allow affliction in your life, or the bit as it were, to guide and to direct you exactly where you need to be. There will be days that God will have affliction and there will certainly be days that are joyful. And when those days come, sing and rejoice and be cheerful in the presence of the Lord.
0: Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching.
1: Our family loved Pastor Ray, he was witty, kind and demonstrated completely what it was like to have a deep relationship with God. We are grateful that our family was able to come together at Maranatha. Our lives will forever be changed because of Ray's powerful messages. We rejoice because
0: we know Ray is in heaven. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley.
1: Okay, now we come to verses 14 through 16 and this is kind of the heart of the whole deal. Here's what is interesting to me. Uh, I would always immediately jump to, if you're sick, come, have hands laid on you, and be prayed for, and with the anointing of oil, which I wanna talk about in just one moment. But first, let me begin with something that so easily is glossed over. He says before, and by the way, the onus is upon those who are sick. You call for the elders of the church. But first of all, James says, notice, confess all known sin. Why? Well, we do know that it's not saying that all sickness is because of sin. Even Jesus told us that. It's not like, well, you sin and so God makes you sick every time. That's not the way that it works. But listen carefully. Sometimes that is exactly the case. Sometimes it is because of unresolved conflicts, it's because of a root of bitterness, it's because of a hard heart, it's because of unconfessed sin that sickness does come into our lives. And you say, well, where is that in the Bible? That was exactly the case in the church of Corinth. There were some in the body and in the church in Corinth who were suffering physically because of unconfessed sin. Now, I put 1 Corinthians 11, verses 27 through 32. It's a long passage, so I'll read it to you, but you follow along with me. Paul writes to this church, he says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink the cup. Well, communion is all about examining yourself and confessing your sins. Well, what Paul was saying is that some of you are just coming and showing up and going through the ritual. You're just coming and eating the bread, drinking the cup, and there's no spiritual inventory or examination, there's no confession of sin. And then he says, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. I mean the whole point of eating bread and drinking the cup is that Jesus died for my sins. Well why would you then harbor unconfessed sin and continue living in sin while you're admitting and because of my sins Jesus had to bleed and die and suffer and be tortured and all the rest. Uh, You're not discerning the Lord's body. And then Paul goes on to say this and I underline it for your notes, my emphasis. For this reason many are weak and sick among you And many sleep. That's a a Christian euphemism for dying. They died. Some are weak, some are sick, and some have even died. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. You know, it's interesting in the early church when, I mean, the early church when the Holy Spirit was moving and the supernatural was manifest and God was shaking the ground literally with earthquakes and opening prison doors, angels are showing up, people are being healed, even raised from the dead. And this is through the apostles. Jesus is up in heaven. There was such holiness within the church and so many miracles happening in the church. And then this guy, Ananias and Sapphira, they come in and they sell some property and they give it because the whole church, everybody was selling everything and giving it into this common pot to help everybody out, communally. And they gave it, but they lied because they, they said, we sold it for this much and we're giving it all. Well, they didn't give it all. And, and it wasn't wrong that they you know, sold the land. It wasn't wrong they gave money and offering, but they lied that we gave everything when they held some back. Ananias walks in and boom, he falls over dead. Sapphira, his wife, comes in a little later and she falls over dead. Now, they didn't go to hell. God didn't take him to hell. They just fell, they just went to heaven a little earlier than they had planned on. Now, let me say this. God only did that about lying about how much you gave one time in church history. And, and I think that's probably good because if, if God took out everybody that lied, there'd be bodies everywhere all over the place. It'd be, it'd be sad. But this particular moment, it was so pure and so holy, the glory of the Lord was so present that even a little lie, we were talking about speaking the truth, even a lie could be very costly because God wants to manifest his presence. Now, I am praying for revival. And I know many of you are praying, I want God to open the windows of heaven. I want the Holy Spirit to be poured out and manifest I think that we need it. Our generation needs it. It's time for it. The Lord's coming back soon. I want to see many get saved and brought into the kingdom. But I'm also a little bit sobered by what that might mean. If God felt that he could manifest his holy presence among us. At the very least, I'll tell you what it means. We need to to confess our sins daily. And especially when we come to communion. And now James adds that, you know... Are we taking advantage that I'm sick I don't feel good or I have an illness and so I'm gonna go and I want a miracle and I want God to heal me meanwhile did you ever get your heart right before God and that maybe it's a step too easily that we go and want a miracle but what about going and saying Lord I want my heart cleansed I want my conscience clear I want my spirit right with you Um, and in fact Lord, I want you to show me if there's anything in my life that is not right, forgive me and I confess it. Somehow what I think that does is it connects the the power of God through, yes, an imperfect vessel, but is cleansed by the blood and releases the power of your spirit to come cleanse and heal. Psalm 66 verse 18 is in your notes. Let's read this out loud together. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If you feel like God is, hey, he's not listening to my prayers. Well, are you sinning and you haven't really been honest with him? Then confess. Psalm 139, verse 23, let's read this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Don't be afraid to say, Lord, show me. Is there anything in me that's blocking or that is hindering uh, your work or the flow of your spirit in my life? I confess it. I ask your forgiveness, have mercy upon me, cleanse me. And then when you've done that to the best of your ability, then come forward and say, I have a sickness. Will the elders pray for me? I've done all that I can do. And now I ask you to lay hands upon me and anoint me with oil and pray. The oil is the symbol of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is awesome. The Holy Spirit has all the attributes of deity and God. And the Holy Spirit is here. As an elder, all the pastors are elders. That, that title is interchangeable. will be available. I represent him. And as a position, it has nothing to do with us or our righteousness, but as a position, we represent the Lord. And God in heaven and his kingdom honors that administration here upon the earth. And through the prayer of a pastor or an elder with the anointing of oil and faith, miracles happen. Now, I want to just tell you um, one story that happened not too long ago. We were having a week of prayer and fasting here in the church and in a small group and we're praying. And somebody walked down, they came over and they tapped me on the shoulder while I'm praying, Pastor Ray, could you come back with us? We have a little group and there's a young lady. I don't remember if it was Russia or Ukraine, somewhere from the former Soviet Union. And, and she's here, she's, um, she's got a tumor in her head. Uh, and it's giving her great pain, and they're talking about a surgery. Anyway, would you, she really wants you. She doesn't speak any English, but she said, please, can you have that pastor pray for me? So I said, sure. And I, you know, sit down, I get some oil, I anoint her in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I touched her with my fingers, and when I touched her head, it was really, really hot. And I was thinking, this poor girl has a fever, you know, and I just prayed for with with everything that I had within my heart. So then later I hear, and we get a, a letter, and it says, Pastor Ray, that young lady you prayed for felt when you touched her, she felt heat. She didn't have a fever. It was the Lord, which I think is great because I didn't have a clue. I thought, oh, she needs a couple of aspirin, she'll feel better. No, it was like the Holy Spirit was honoring the prayer of a shepherd who was laying on hands anointing with oil and the Holy Spirit was there. She went to the doctor, the tumor had totally disappeared. No surgery, healed, the power of God. So, listen, God is sovereign. He heals how he wants, when he wants, however he wants, and He can. there's nothing he cannot do. Um, if he doesn't heal, the cancer, there are some that, you know, I've prayed for some people and then they go to sleep and they go be with the Lord and I used to think, Lord, you didn't heal them. And he goes, oh no, I did. I, I really healed them, <laughs> head to toe. The cancer deal is only a partial healing. The other one's 100% all the way. Either way, therefore, when I pray, I know God will answer the prayer and he will heal in his own way, in his own time. And he will touch you by his Holy Spirit. And uh, so, Pray for one another, love one another, and and he says, confess your faults to one another. It doesn't mean your sins in the sense of something we confess to God, our personal sins. But your faults and your weaknesses, have a good friend or brother or sister and say, you know what, I'm struggling in this area. Will you pray for me? And let them pray for you. It strengthens you and it helps you.
0: Great advice and instruction today about the power of prayer and the importance of living a God-honoring life Pastor Ray Bentley with more insight from James today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled Help Has Arrived. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights, via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day, automatically, at no charge. And also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness, and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see end-times prophecy in a whole new light. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the Book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon. Return the whole gospel to the whole world.